0: Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we'll talk about the food you put in your mouth and everything else that nourishes you or doesn't. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good. And my mission is to give you the simple tools and practices to get there. Let's get started. Get ready for a special episode of the Simply Health Coaching Podcast. Today, I'm bringing you the Hormone Oracle, Dr. Fiona Lovely, a doctor of chiropractic with specialties in functional medicine, functional neurology, and restorative endocrinology. We cover a lot of ground in this interview, from boys and men to burnout, from estrogen to education, from privilege and permission to perimenopause and the pandemic. So fasten your seatbelt. Here we go. A quick heads up. There are a few explicit words and adult topics in here. So if you're listening with young ones around, you might want to put on your headphones. (music) Welcome to a special episode of the Simply Health Coaching Podcast. Today, I have with me Dr. Fiona Lovely, all the way from Canada. We've gone international, people. Dr. Lovely is a doctor of chiropractic with specialties in functional medicine, functional neurology, and restorative endocrinology. So basically, you need to have her as your doctor. (laughs) Her practice's focus is to find the root cause of dis-ease reaching all aspects of health and making space for wellness. She has lectured on topics of women's health, hormone balance and brain function extensively. She's the author and host of a popular long-running podcast on the passage of paramenopause called Not Your Mother's Menopause, Half a million people around the world have downloaded the podcast, listening in to learn about the physical, mental, and spiritual journey of menopause. And I just have to put in there that I listened to the podcast when it was a baby. (laughs) So Dr. Lovely has come in a long, long way since I first spoke with her. And she has been called the hormone oracle and the fixer of weird shit a disruptor of unhealthy patterns in the body and the mind, an agent provocateur in the arena of women's health care for nearly 20 years. Her mission is to sh- share info to empower women and pull back the curtain to reveal the goodness that is possible at midlife. She has a vision of the time where the world is a kinder, gentler place and the taboos of menopause no longer exist. So we're going to start right there, and we're going to talk about the taboos of menopause and speak your vision into being. <laughs> so first of all, tell us, what do you think are the the taboos around menopause?
1: Oh, man, we're starting off with the good stuff, aren't the we? The good
0: stuff. It's going to get it even better.
1: Well, I think, um, I think women really come up against the um, good girl um, mythology at menopause because with the fluctuation of hormones we have this um sometimes inability to tolerate bs okay
0: and that was so euphemistically put
1: (laughs) i'm trying not to start start off with the sex taboos because those are actually the ones that everyone really wants to hear about but you know i thought i'd pick something else first (laughs) so um we do. We come up against that that um, that good girl myth and the the archetype of what we've been taught to be, and um, it it's easier to lose our pleasing personality when our hormones are dancing all over the place. So, previous to perimenopause, women may have experienced that in a window of time uh, during that PMS phase uh, of their cycle, but. For a lot of women, that becomes all day, every day, during certain parts of perimenopause. So you learn how to um, manage feeling like you're losing your mind um, on a daily basis. <laughs>
0: or don't manage in, in some cases.
1: Manage, right? <laughs> here's, a, here's a hot tip, ladies. <laughs> Uh, If you're not feeling social, for God's sakes, just take yourself out of the social game. Just say (laughs) to your people in your house, today is not a good day to bother mom.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) I love that. And I think it's really so important because I'm a very positive person. And very often when I ask women who are going through the transition like, what's the best part of being at this stage of life? And I very often hear them say, I just don't give a shit what people think anymore. And I'm like, sure. yes, that's one way to put it. And I think sometimes it's not that you don't care. It's just that you're not going to let it dictate what you do.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 um, the curtain gets pulled back. And what that means is that we have an inability to suffer fools Mm -hmm. Whereas women are really good at suffering fools. I mean, we've been tolerating men for how long? So just no offense, guys, just my perimenopause speaking.
0: (laughs) It's a great excuse too, isn't
1: it? (laughs) Right. So it's, it's, uh, it, it can become difficult relationships can become a bit difficult and, and your relationship to yourself can become an issue too. So that's certainly the taboo. We don't feel like being the nice girl anymore. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, in a society where thin, pretty quiet, nice is yeah. important uh, above all other things, then we can really bump up against it. But the other taboos, the big ones would be vaginal dryness and low libido. Those are big because what we do as women is we compare that our sex drive to that of our male partners, if we're in a a heterosexual relationship, and men have a have a higher drive. For the most part, it depends on where they are in their andropause if they're even in that phase. But they have ongoing testosterone for their whole entire lives. It doesn't fluctuate nearly as much as the female hormones do like for in perimenopause, yeah. So those those are the big guys. Um, dryness is probably the biggest and um, the one I get asked about the most. And um, you know we're we're getting better at uh, managing that 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 particular uh, taboo. And um, hey, it happens, right? Yeah, it happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so give us the the
0: sort of layperson's version of what what is going on in terms of of our hormones, in terms of the endocrinology of menopause. And I know this sure. is a huge topic, but just you know, the layperson's
1: version. Sure. So we have. Uh, let me define a few things. So when I'm talking, when you say menopause, what that means is 12 months without a menstrual period, without a bleed. The five to 10 years, some say five to nine years, prior to that are called perimenopause, and peri means around. So, uh, and that's when things get pretty exciting. It turns out like my mother's generation referred to it all as menopause and they didn't talk about any of it. Yep. But this is not your mother's menopause. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for making that reference. Even (laughs) I didn't do that. (laughs) So uh, they didn't talk about it. So what we know, we have studied it a great deal more, is that things get really interesting in that five to 10 years prior to uh, um, menopause for women. For some women, some women have no issues at all. They just carry on bleeding, and then one day they stop bleeding, and, and that's the end of it. So um, prior to perimenopause is premenopause, and that is when women are reproductive, Uh, cycling on a regular basis etc from the start of uh, the menstrual period uh, in the teens usually although it's getting earlier and earlier um, and right through until the perimenopausal time now a lot of women think that perimenopause doesn't actually start until you start having menstrual changes either you're skipping periods your periods are getting heavier or they go away altogether. The truth is that's the second to last of five phases of perimenopause. So when you start skipping periods, that will tell you that you're getting really close to being amenoric or without periods altogether.
0: Yeah, and except that that's the, the really, really difficult part because you like, you miss a few months and you're like, yes.
1: Yeah. Done. <laughs> and
0: then it comes back and you're like, oh, got to start from zero again, dang it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like can I not carry a tampon in my purse it's like no boo in that last year you got to carry it all the time all the time <laughs> <laughs> not yes. even that one week a month <laughs> yes
0: yes and boy that just it just really it's it just burns you when you have to start the clock over again
1: <laughs> but in terms of the hormones so what happens is estrogen can go really high for women in that sort of second to third to fourth phase of perimenopause, remember there's five phases. And um, what normally would happen is the the, uh, progesterone would come in and oppose that. So we don't have such strong symptoms, but that is indeed not the case. Progesterone is tapering down and that's often what um, women find some of the most disruptive. Uh, symptoms of perimenopause are because of low est, uh, low progesterone. That would be insomnia, uh, low moods, dryness, low libido. tend to be related more to the progesterone part of things. Although it's a really complicated uh, dance of chemi- it's quite a chemi- dance.
0: Yeah, it's really amazing. I've been I've been taking a certification in hormone health, and it's just oh, there is so much to know. But really, what I took from that is that. Um, we very often talk about estrogen being high, but really what it means is it's high compared to the progesterone. So if the progesterone is still compensating, then there isn't that really strong tendency to, to have all these symptoms.
1: Yeah. And the um, a- absolutely, it's all about the ratio, the E yeah. ratio, right? So that's a really important thing. Although, to be honest with you, it goes right out the window at perimenopause. And that's part of the problem. So when we have these huge swings of estrogen, what happens is the um, hypothalamus in the brain, which controls the hormones, perceives that as, "Oh, oh, we need to do something to tweak the inner environment because... The hypothalamus, its job is homeostasis or keeping things regulated, the environment regulated, responding to the environment outside of our bodies and inside. And so when we have that uh, high spike of estrogen and then the drop off, uh, what will happen is the hypothalamus goes, oh, got to get some regulation in here. Let's kick in the heat. And then all of a sudden we get a hot flash. Power
0: surge, so please. Power surge. Right. right. <laughs> vacation. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) My own little tropical moment. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So it really is all about sort of the the hormones shifting and changing during this period. Um, So I want you to next respond to this, these data that I came across, and let's talk about it in terms of women in perimenopause. Um, so, there are three data points. Women bear 75% of the mental load of running a household, or if, if, if they're a single parent, of course, 100% of that. The more full time we work, the more of that cognitive work we bear. So, you would think that in a sort of standard heterosexual relationship, as the woman takes on more hours, you would think, okay, the mental load's gonna shift a little bit more to the partner and um, that's found not to be true. Like the more more full-time we work, the more of that load we bear. And I know a lot of women who say, oh, my husband's great. He does at least half of the work at home. And I always say, well, yes. And does he do it without you asking? Does he know where the kids are? When they need to be picked up? Where they need to go? Do they know, you know, like the kids' friends' names, the kids' friend parents' names, when the birthdays are? Where's the birthday party? What should we buy? <laughs> like, all of these things tend to fall on the women in a really traditional relationship. And finally, the pandemic has disproportionately affected women. Uh, at least in the United States, there are just horror stories about how this is going to set the women's movement back 10 years, 20 years. Women are stepping out of the workforce at a rate that's just scarily higher than men at this point. And so I I want to just see whether we can dig into those those data points with respect to women in perimenopause.
1: Oh, gosh, there's a lot there. Um, My first thoughts are maybe hopeful ones. Um, when you talk about women stepping out of the workforce, I have read those numbers too. And, um, I'm hoping human beings are meant to be creative and innovate, innovative, and the casino in our pocket has made it. (laughs) really, it's because it's, a, I mean, the burst of hormones we get from these things is crazy. Right? Yes, so those cell phones. I, I like that. Casino yeah, in your pocket. Yeah, it really is. Um, have uh, robbed us of boredom. And I think I'd like to think that the women who are stepping away um, will have a new opportunity to create a different lifestyle for themselves. Uh, You and I know very well that the world of what we do evolves quickly, the online world, and that we have expertise that we can share with others online. And now we have reached that we haven't ever before because technology is advancing so quickly that, um, I mean, everything from how to shine your shoes to how to get a cranky toddler to sleep is available online. And we all have expertise in something. It's no longer about you've got to have a degree on the wall. So I hope that women stepping out of their role in work away from home allows them to see that there is a new opportunity for them. And, um, you know, I, I know that the last, <clears throat> four years haven't exactly been empowering for women. So as is always the case we need to come together with the other sisters like you and I are doing today. together today. We need to tend and mend in groups and heal in groups and support our sisters to a different kind of reality and that may be Um, with work, right? I mean, there's so many home-based businesses now that can be quite uh, financially um, good without the pain in the ass of having to, to commute or deal with a boss or or whatever, right? I mean, you still have to deal with the boss, but you can do it yourself. I mean, really, this is the time, maybe you're the boss. Yeah, I, I was
0: just going to say it. the best boss. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: all right. I hope.
1: <laughs> I don't know, sometimes they can be a real
0: asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes we can be worse on ourselves than our bosses are on us, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes, often. And um, so that's what I have to say about that. I'm hoping that starts off. I good. love that take on that. And I, I love it so much because, uh, and I recognize that this comes from a real place of privilege, but I have been looking at this pandemic as a pandemic of possibility. I heard that by um, an interview by Zach, uh, Rich Roll of Zach Bush on his uh, podcast. And it just, that, that phrase has just stuck with me for months now that it's a pandemic of possibilities. And what I've seen is, at least in America, the pandemic has really brought to the forefront all of these issues that have been there and we've known that they were there whether it's education or labor or you know the the women's movement or you know food system all of these things all of a sudden the problems that were there are just glaringly obvious like you cannot miss this no. and i keep thinking how do we how do we take this moment and reframe things and change them and get creative with them rather than wishing for the old normal, like, God, when is it going back to normal? Maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe we have a chance to figure out like, what is it like to have healthcare that everybody can access and healthy food that everybody can access and education that everybody can access. And it's just, it's such a moment where like colleges, I was on a a town hall uh, style meeting last night for my daughter's college. And I kept thinking about they are really sort of grabbing the reins and rethinking what does higher education look like if it has to be virtual and i keep thinking how is that going to affect the people who normally wouldn't access that education like how can we do this and i love that sort of positive positive response to those questions that i had about about
1: the data points um yeah what's the point of privilege if we don't use it to for good yeah Right? Here we are, exactly. two white women having this conversation, right? So uh, our, our view of the world needs to change. We're all just human, right? And, and anything that, that is other than that has been somebody's attempt at control. And, and much as I don't want to make this a sexist or a gendered thing, the, the guys have had the control. And Marianne Williamson said it beautifully on social media last week. She said, the dudes have had 250 years and their approach is not working. But a woman cannot walk into this patriarchal uh, construct and create the way that women do, which is to tend and mend. Yes, yes. So it has to literally blow up, right? Yeah. And uh, so there's... there's it, it's so easy to get sucked into where is all this white supremacy coming from. That one's just surprised the hell out of me. And I lived in the States for eight and a half years and I I saw glimmers of it, but not like you're seeing now. I mean, they're not hiding anymore, right?
0: Yeah. So right. they're, they're trying to kidnap and kill our governor. <laughs> it's kind of like. I heard about
1: that. Wow. Geez. Yeah. Anyways, I have yeah. to We're not just having a casual conversation. We kind of are but (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) But I I wanna address um, the second thing that you talked about. What was the second statistic you gave me? Do you mind? Uh, The more
0: full-time we work, the more of the load we bear. Okay,
1: so women are wired to handle management better. Okay, because we have these brains that have these vast collateral uh, connections where we can, I mean, they say multitasking doesn't exist. That obviously was a dude that came up with that, right? <laughs> so, and again, I don't mean to be bad to the dudes. I love my dudes. I've got an amazingly supportive husband and family. So there's wonderful guys out there, but it— their brains are wired differently. You know, the joke I make is they can look at boobies or beer, but they can't look at both, right? It's <laughs> gotta be <wired. laughs> You know, it's We're interesting. Disagree, that that
0: reminds me when, when I was... Um, Having when I had children, uh, I came across a book called "The Wonder of Girls." And then I realized that there was also a Wonder of Boys book by the same author. and it was it was such a great read because he talks about the like the brain, like neurochemistry. And it's not made up. It's like, why is it that a girl can paint her nails, watch TV, talk to her friends, and do her homework at the same time? And a boy, you have to like get between him and the television and be like, hello, I'm talking
1: to you. (laughs) Um, It's because Because, our brains are differently wired. Because traditionally, I'm talking evolutionarily, not just, you know, 50 years ago, we were uh, tending the home front. We were tending multiple offspring. Okay. We were probably cooking the meals. Okay. Is it all that different now? In some households it is, yeah. but that's what we can do. We have evolved the ability to have multiple things, multiple balls in the air. So um, yes, we're going to bear the cognitive brunt of things, but you know, it's not, that's not new. Yeah. That's not new. Women are exceptionally good at it. It's just one of our talents where guys can do that, that unifocus thing. I, I, Sometimes I look at that and go, Oh my God, what's that like not thinking 16 things? Like, you know, the the, the meme. It's like that image of the browser with 20 tabs open. I was just going to say that. (laughs) I was like, You know, the meme that says my brain is like a browser with 20 tabs
0: open? (laughs) 100%. 100%. (laughs) Yeah, I think about that too. My husband is incredible. And like, he's an amazing father. He's a great cook. He can clean the house like nobody I know. And like, everything he does, 100%. Ask him to do the laundry while he's cooking dinner not so much. Yeah. It's so fascinating. fascinating.
1: Yeah, it really, really is. So um, to speak to the guys for a second, because those are the guys, the guys like your husband and mine, probably like your son too, like my brother, like my father, they're the ones that have the ultimate privilege card. They're the ones that can really ask for change right yeah. And chances are they were raised by someone like you and me, right? So those str- there's a strong woman that pops up in the middle of all of that somewhere but um, but anyway so yes and the first one uh, read the first one to me again if you don't mind. Uh, women bear 75% of the mental load of running a household. Yeah, so same thing right same thing. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, it's who remembers the birthdays It's not the dudes yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and, and sometimes we only remember because we put them on the Google calendar and like repeat this every year
1: on this date, <laughs> And that's okay. <laughs> Thank God. But did you, I found, I went back to a paper, paper and pen this year. Did you? I did. Uh, maybe it was just out of boredom during the shutdown. I don't know. <laughs> but I was like, I, I, I needed to like the feeling of it and you lose the feeling of it which is what they say about when you're spending your money too when it's just in a bank account you whip out your debit card or your credit card you don't think about it but when you have to pay cash then you really think about it it's the same thing with writing it in the schedule have i scheduled myself too many things on this day yeah Right. And I remember yeah. us having the conversation. I think the very first conversation we had about taking 25% off your plate.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, I think it was 50%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take yeah. 50% of what's on your plate off and fill it yeah. with vegetables. <laughs> 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 so we've sort of we sort of danced around menopause and paramenopause. I want to shift the conversation a little bit because we've actually had several conversations that we've recorded and Um, Both of our businesses have have changed and grown and and I like to say yours is yours is definitely an adolescent if not an adult by now but mine is still kind of like in the, you know, the early adolescent stage. But um, I I've really shifted my focus not just to be on women in that perimenopausal age, the 40 plus age but really the women who are in mission-driven work. And I'm very specifically vague there, meaning that I don't just say nonprofits because that that is certainly probably the highest form of mission-driven work, but I also think about all the people on the front lines right now, healthcare, childcare, elder care, hospice care, social workers, educators. I mean, these are the the people who, they spend their lives uh, sort of in chronic caregiving mode and so on the work front, they're, they're caregiving and they come home and they're caregiving. And these are the women that I find really struggle with burnout. And um, you probably know that in 2019, the World Health Organization said, okay, you know what, burnout is a thing. It is a syndrome. Here are the symptoms. You can actually be diagnosed with this now. And I thought it was a really interesting moment because up until this point, it's kind of like, I'm feeling really burned out that was, that was your recourse. And now it's kind of like the doctor can say, you're burning out and you need to take care of this. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what's going on in our bodies when we're going through that, because it's a different sort of system. You know, the, the menopause hormones are one set and then the stress hormones are another one. And they do intersect. <laughs>
1: they do Yes, they do big time so um a big subject and i think there's going to be a number of things that will be the fallout of this year and uh that is one of the ones i think about a lot um i also think about uh the neurobiology of seeing each other like this okay now let me be really clear it's really important to wear your mask Okay. So it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying don't um, let me address that a little bit later on. Okay. Ask me about it. Cause I think it's some okay. pretty interesting stuff, yeah. uh, but to address the burnout. So a few things come to mind. Um, years ago, there was a statistic that said that most women, by the time they reach the perimenopausal year. So let's call that 40 and above, although perimenopause can start at 35. Um, of those women have adrenal fatigue. And so the adrenal glands are stress response glands that sit atop the kidneys and their job is to um, flood the system with the juice of fight, flight or freeze. Okay, so um, most of us are pressing the button of the juice, Getting the stress response by the time we reach perimenopause, we have been doing that for 20, 25 years. Okay, just depends. And it can be even earlier than that with childhood traumas, okay, which we know is an epidemic. So um, when we don't give our systems time to recover, uh, what happens is that stress response we can only launch it so much I think I have a cat about to join us here so he <laughs> like, <laughs> like to show us backside on the telly <laughs> to the camera always
0: welcome, welcome. <laughs> here we go <laughs> here he comes oh and he's a
1: big one <laughs> my keyboard okay so um what happens over time is that we can no longer launch that response with any kind of regularity this is hamish by the way everybody hello Hello,
0: hamish (laughs) hamish is a big boy
1: he is his brother will be around here somewhere too he's even bigger uh and bright orange bright orange um okay so um the, the chemistry of that stress response, of course, involves cortisol and DHEA and, and the precursors. And over time, we, we start to lose those resources. They wane. So um, this is especially important to talk about during perimenopause because as the ovaries start to sputter and no longer regularly release their hormones, um, the adrenal glands take over progesterone production. Now, as far as the adrenals go, there is a mother hormone for either progesterone or cortisol. Cortisol being the primary stress response hormone. So the body and brain can only select one pathway. So if you have constant stress, you cannot have progesterone. So when women ask me how to manage the symptoms of perimenopause, the research shows that stress management is the single best thing you can do to manage the symptoms maybe they don't even show up at all if you manage the stress well now that seemed a bit of a a a flint piece of information prior to 2020 just manage your stress (laughs) i know right
0: i was talking to a client today about that and she said that she'd gone to to a training and and she was really upset with it because they said well just do this and then this will happen and it's like and i said well that right there anyone who tells you just do something ignore them
1: (laughs) (laughs) totally Totally. So here's the empowering information with that. Um, we cannot manage what comes in from the outside. I mean, sure, we can shut off our our news feeds and that sort of thing, and you should be doing that if you're not curating what goes inside your. Yes, not- we're going to talk about that a little bit more too. <laughs> okay, okay, so won't go off. okay. Uh, so uh, that conscious consumption is a really big part of the stress, right? So. Uh, we can't manage what comes in and stress just kind of comes from all angles at this point. What we can do is manage how we respond. That's the only place we have power. Yeah. So the way to do that, the, the reason why that works I think is a better way to say it is that when you recognize that your thought response to the stressful event becomes an emotion which becomes chemistry, although maybe chemistry comes before emotion, which now turns on our genetic expression, we literally are the stressful thoughts becoming matter. Mm -hmm. So what has to happen is that you have to, um, you have to manage what you think about the stressful environment or the stressful event. And let me say this, you have permission to not respond to every bit of stress and drama in your life. As women, we need that permission, okay? We have a society that says women are supposed to be hysterical and dramatic. In fact, we've got TV shows where women get paid millions of dollars to be hysterical and dramatic for everybody else to watch. Listen, if you're watching that shit, turn it off. It is garbage. It's garbage. Speaking of
0: curating your content.
1: (laughs) uh, Yes, right. So, um, and if you need a good book recommendation, let me know. I can make one or two or (laughs) (laughs) 10. Right. So, you cannot control the stress, but you control how you respond to it. And when you control that response, and it is literally as simple as saying, I am not going to have an emotional response here. It's not saying that emotions are bad that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is that we think ourselves into this toilet bowl of feeling like we have no control that things are spiraling everything's awful the world's going to shit whatever and then once you start thinking those thoughts it just gets deeper and wider and then it becomes everything in your life right yep. and you're um, up at three in the morning absolutely Thinking about it thinking about it yeah right yeah, yeah. so um so the question about women being burnt out, I think, again, perimenopause is the, is the age where we're done with the bullshit, okay? We don't have the filters anymore because we just don't care to have them anymore. Or we're tired of pandering to everybody else's needs and not our own, Yeah, right? And so, of course, now we add all this other pandemic stuff on top of it and like women like to control things it's part of how we manage you know all of these things in our in our world right yeah like okay you go over there and you're going to be at school until three thirty this afternoon okay <laughs> and don't you dare get sick and make me pick you up early <laughs> exactly right <laughs> not an option <laughs> exactly but if you go to the grocery store and the thing that's on the list it's not on the it's not on the shelf you go oh shit now what do i do and then it spirals yes. right But we have, um, because of our ability to care for others, and that's an evolutionary thing, we have this sensor for danger. And um, it can be, have you read the book of The Big Leap, Gay Hendricks? No. It's a wonderful book. You need to read it. Speaking
0: of book recommendations, yes, that's been on my list for a long time. I've got to
1: just do it. Oh, oh, it's a gooder. It's a gooder. Um, Gay Hendrix talks about, we have these inner fish flops, which is when the fish went from being in the ocean to being on the, on the beach and they were flopping around going, oh shit, I can't breathe. What's going to happen now? Until they figured out how to use their fins to walk yeah. and figured out how to use their gills to breathe. So now all these years later, eons later, millennia later, we've turned that in that fish flop internally and we make it an assessment for danger. Okay. And we misuse that often um, we perceive things um, as stressful uh, that we shouldn't be responding to as danger and they are not. Now to, to dovetail with something else you talked about or we, we touched on is um, we get our cues of safety from each other's faces. Uh, yeah. And the intonation of our voice. Okay. so. Um, now we've got. Let's talk about women, because that's what we're talking about. We've got women who have spent 20 years pandering to other people, raising kids, um, taking care of spouse, taking care of household, taking care of elderly parents that are infirm. Yeah, which is sandwich. not. The, yes, um, that's something I'm going through. Have been yeah. going through for a couple of years, and that's no joke either. But do we talk about it? No it's that good girl thing you got to take care of your parents that's what you're supposed to do right they took care of you you got to take care of them so we've got all this stuff piled on and now we add the flux of hormones as i say to all the dudes and the young women who don't know yet what's coming go hug your mother hug your older sister hug your aunties your grandma because they've gone through some shit (laughs) this year especially So does it, does the burnout affect the perimenopausal crowd more? I think because we are already on a thin line when this pandemic happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's all sort of this perfect storm of things that's happening. So let's talk about something positive. (laughs) We've just gone up and down and up and down. So let's talk like really concrete. I love when you said, you know it's it's hard to say just just take care of your stress levels. That's the best thing you can do. Um, give us just a couple examples of that. And this is where we can talk about what we're taking in too.
1: Yes, sure. So um, I think I think finding... Uh, finding the things that help you feel like yourself are really, really important. Mm. Um, and I think that we can get sort of swept away emotionally um, in all of this and we lose ourselves. And I know that's a big part of what women experience with the empty nesting um, is the grief of losing my role as the mother. Right. So I, um, what is it that you did before you were a mom or before you were super stressed? Yeah. And most of us will have some sort of art that we used to do. Mm. And I find it fascinating that so many women, myself included, have returned to the art during the pandemic, during the shutdown, because things were so intense that you're just like anything to get that that squirt of pleasure and when we went to our phones all we got was more of the stressful stuff so we couldn't even rely on the casino right right yeah <laughs> I find myself doing a lot of jigsaw puzzles and some coloring <laughs> Yes. See? I'm coloring I'm knitting I've got uh I've got a paint by numbers kit because I cannot be trusted without somebody doing the outline <laughs> thank you <laughs> me too <laughs> and words words are my art so mm like so many of those things but you know it can be anything it can literally be anything my husband is mountain biking that's his thing Mm -hmm. so he's out there he's that nut out there in the in the snow with three layers on (laughs) with a big smile on his face because he thinks it's a great I think he's crazy but it makes him so happy that you know how can you not support that so like what is that for you I think um it's funny, I was just talking to a colleague about this yesterday, and here it comes again. Years ago, I had I heard Marianne Williamson say that it's okay to consume the news, but make sure you meditate first. Mm. The contrast between the truth and the not truth are going to be so obvious to you. Yeah. So as you said to me at the beginning of this conversation, you know, read the headlines, it's important to be informed, but you know, don't dive into anything. I think something really, really important that we miss a lot is that women have this superpower of being able to feel our way through any situation in the world. And that is to have that sense of what your gut and your heart are saying about anything. So let's talk about, um, um, Let's talk about the news. And might as well we've been talking about it. So if you see a headline that goes, "Oh, that's important. I need to read it." It's about the school system and what's happening with COVID, whatever. Um, but there's a part of you that goes, eh, eh, "Follow that. Follow that part. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes." We think the logical mind is supposed to be is supposed to take the primary role, mm-hmm. and I'm here to say that. As women, we have this instinct and intuition that is God given, we've been born with it, it's been in our genetics, since the beginning of time, it literally connects us to all of the other women on the planet, it connects us to Mother Earth. So listen, and if you're not sure what that, that, that feels like, you need to be quiet in order to sense it. Once you get in tune with it, it it comes much easier and you can hear it through the noise. But if if life is very very unquiet <laughs> very loud, right? Yeah. Um you you may not be able to hear it. It's something you have to get attuned to. Yeah. But it is really the best way forward. I think what's happening now is we are midwifing a new world. Yeah. Now we cannot do that with the logical mind that is the masculine that has gotten us into this trouble right we're not going to think our way out of this no it is not about information it is not about expertise it is not about the structures of government religion education all of those things that have been put in place patriarchy back them you name it it literally is going to be birthed by us feeling our way into a new place now is that going to happen overnight? Oh no. Cause there's a lot of stuff we have to get through. There's so much BS. There's so many layers and we're not empowered. Even those of us that are aware that this is the way forward. Yeah. Don't really have an entree into the system. Mm-hmm. Right. Because then yeah. you're just written off as a kook or a, 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 a witch doctor or uh, worse, a witch yeah. or whatever. Right. I mean, women were burned at the stake for having these kinds of things, having oh, these notions. Intuition, and yeah. Yeah. And interestingly enough, that's still in our genetics. It hangs out for generations. So even if we don't, we go, ah, well, listen, that was in Salem in the 1600s, whatever. You're like, ah, 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 boo is hanging <laughs> out in your DNA. Yeah. And that's part of the trauma response that we have to resolve. So, um, The last thing I want to say is, so meditation, meditation, really important, being in tune with your feelings, and feeling your way forward. And if you don't know what that means, and that feels really nebulous, that's part of the the magic of it, right? It really is magical, is just pick a situation Just say, I'm going to walk into a room, and I'm going to recognize that the only thing I want to see is shiny, happy people, positive people, you know, cute blondes, whatever. I mean, you can make it whatever. Just walk in the room and notice what you notice. And that's the start of it. It literally is that simple. It doesn't need a checklist. It doesn't need um, uh, um, a a manual. It just needs to be uh, acknowledged. It needs to be worked with. And uh, so meditation will really get you in touch with that as well. So I don't know, there's a couple of things, hopefully. Yeah, no,
0: that's beautiful. I love that. And I want you to now spend a little time telling us about Dr. Fiona Lovely, where we can find you, what you've got coming
1: up. There's just so much good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, you can always find out more about me and my podcast on drlovely.com that's d-r-l-o-v-e-l-y.com my podcast is available on uh, itunes and spotify i think google play has gone away now so Mm. um, i don't think that's still a thing but you can find it on itunes and there's links to it on from my website Um, i do have a facebook page it's called at not your mother's menopause podcast and it's on facebook it's quite active i do lots of quick live videos and things there and um, I don't know, I've got some fun things coming. I've got a book I'm writing. I say more, say more. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, really, um, my favorite thing to talk about is probably the spiritual passage of menopause. And I don't mean that from a big G God. We're God spirit. I mean it from the,, um, you know, I just I just use the language, but it's perimenopause is us birthing ourselves into, next phase of our lives right from from we to me right oh yeah that's beautiful yes yes absolutely and um we can choose to do it a few different ways and uh i love to talk to women about that i love to talk to women about that journey and how that part of the journey affects the physical and uh the mental Part of the journey as well. So, really, the book, uh, as it stands now, is about the spiritual aspect of it. But you know, I'm such a science geek. I talk about the hormones. I talk about (laughs) the brain. Um, But I'm so curious about the brain. I've got some things cooking right now that are just uh, women's brain health from perimenopause and beyond. Mm. Yeah, is really uh, exciting. I think, and um, we'll see where that goes. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, you can always find me at my clinic too. Which is, you know, there's just lots of places you can find me. I don't know, podcast, podcasts, is a podcast. Good place.
0: Go to the podcast. <laughs> yes, go to the podcast. Go to Dr. Lovely's website. Yes. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for doing this with me today. I've already got like two ideas that we have to have two more conversations. <laughs> one on the, the, the topic of the book and we'll, we'll wait till the book comes out and you can, I'll be part of your book tour, your virtual okay. book tour. We'll get on and talk about the book. Love it. And definitely you. about brain health uh, in perimenopause and beyond. So thank you one more time, my friend, for being here. I'm doing this conversation and I can't wait to share you with all my people and get them to come visit you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. It's been fun. Thank you. It's been great. If you're looking to find Dr. Lovely online, you can find her on her website at drlovely.com, on her podcast at Not Your Mother's Menopause, and in her Facebook group at Not Your Mother's Menopause Podcast. The links to all of those are in the show notes thanks for listening let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments you can send me a voice message directly through anchor as well as some of the other listening platforms please be sure to rate review and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. And if you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com.